Hello and welcome to Creative Lives, the Lecture in Progress podcast. Lecture in Progress is an online resource that inspires and informs the next generation of talent by providing practical advice and insight into the creative industry. This podcast series features a broad range of people talking about what they do and how they got to where they are. Our guest this week is Danny Sangra. I'm Danny Sangra. A London-based multidisciplinary creative working across illustration, film, animation, design and painting. Over the past 15 years, Danny's career has seen multiple cycles of reinvention, admitting that a tendency to get bored easily often pushes him into new ways of working or a new line of interest. Most widely recognised for his illustration and directing, something that runs through all of Danny's work is a distinctive sense of humour, whether that's in his comical doodles or phrasing within his paintings, or the camera work, dialogue or abstract situations he creates within his films. Even though Danny's worked with huge brands including Vogue, Balenciaga, Mercedes-Benz and Grolsch, everything he produces is recognisably his own, with commissioned work often functioning more as an artistic collaboration. But even so, referring to himself as an artist still doesn't sit quite right. I'm too English to call myself an artist. It just sounds pretentious. Deep down, I think I am, but I'd never say it out loud. With so many different outlets, and often with multiple projects happening at any one time, we asked Danny what his working rhythm is like as a freelancer, along with his favourite recent project. I go from super, super intense periods of work to absolutely nothing at all. And I kind of, I think I make the most out of those doing nothing at all days. I think I've always believed in you've got to stare at the ceiling for a while. I'm kind of like a sponge where I take a while and I'll soak stuff up and then once I'm ready, I'll just, everything will just like be let loose. So when it's work-wise, it's pretty intense because... I'm often working on a bunch of different things at once. So like I'll either be, say if I'm shooting a commercial, that involves a lot of prep work. There's a lot of pre-production, then there's production, and then there's the post-production. So while I'm doing that, I've often got other jobs on the go. So it means I'm writing something else. I've never really worked out the percentage of time that I have working per year and when I sort of like don't do anything because the thing is even though I say I don't really do anything I'm always working on something I mean the Burberry one was clearly the best one for illustration I think because it just that went really full on the Burberry project kind of started with they asked me to illustrate over their old advertisements and then I just thought okay cool that's fun like that's what I like doing I like drawing over old things and so we did that and I thought it'd be like one or two and ended up like doing like 15 and then blocking their Instagram feed and then we ended up doing this AR project where I painted in virtual reality and they've released this whole app so it was this whole other thing and then as a joke they almost like just got me to take over their Snapchat because they know that I don't really use Snapchat so they were like yeah let's just get them to Snapchat the show so that sort of involved illustration as well and and it was sort of some new technology Snapchat we're doing And then we did the world tour thing where I had like a a release of this bag that they do, what they used to do. And it was my print and I had to go around like New York, Tokyo, Beijing, Seoul, and then back to London, things like that. So it was a real, real massive project, but it just gave me so much freedom. I think that's why it was so good. Since his illustrating and film work are so distinct in their process and skill sets, we got Danny to tell us what his days look like when he's working as a director. 
When it comes to directing, how it will work is if it's my film or it's more of my project, I'll initially or I'll write the script. If it's through an agency, often they'll give me a script and then I'll do a little bit of a rewrite. Or It depends. Some agencies want you to completely rewrite or not. So there's a lot of writing involved at the beginning. Yeah. Then once it starts moving, then I direct everyone. So then my producer then gets involved and then he or she, which mostly is a she for me because I have a go-to producer tabs, she'll put it all together and she does all the real, real grafting. Do you know what I mean? Like she organizes everyone like that. And then everyone's there, I suppose, to just interpret my vision, I guess. No, you do some things and there's like, you know, I've done short films where there's like three of us, but then you do commercials and you're talking like 60, 70 people. I think, And then if like I did something and plus extras, you had about 100 and something people. So you have to be able to just walk in and feel confident with that. And so when it comes to work, I don't fear anything. I've always found a way, even with my films, I'll find a way to make something out of nothing. That's my actual talent. It's not drawing. It's not right. It's none of that. My actual talent is just I can make something out of nothing. I mean, I don't think you should do the things you're comfortable with. Because then what happens is when you start taking those little risks, you start to get addicted to that. And you're like, huh, what happens if I do do that thing? Do you know what I mean? And then, like, I don't particularly like... The thing is, as an illustrator, you're by yourself a lot of the time, right? So you can do your work at home. As an illustrator, you're by yourself. But as a director, you have to be able to communicate with tons of people. You have to be able to communicate your ideas in quite a high-pressured environment. But even before the shoot, you know, you're having to communicate that to like the client and the agency and whoever else, then to your DP, then to your Everyone has to be on the same page. And then you got to communicate that to actors. And I, I do love working with actors. That's not my favorite thing. As someone who's truly multidisciplinary, we asked Danny what inspires his fluctuation between different working methods and how it's impacted his career. You know, I move between different crafts and mediums just because I get bored really easy. So what tends to happen is I do a job and it's super intense and your life gets fully consumed with it. And then you reach the end of that job and once it's done, you know, I'm lucky that if I work on a film project or like some kind of commercial project where once I get bored with that, I can go home and I can put on an exhibition of paintings if I want or like, you know, or like, or just do a drawing or, or animate something. Next, Danny took us back to where it all began, sharing his earliest ambitions and how that led to his studies in graphic design at St. Martin's. Yeah, so I was born in Leeds. And as a kid, I always kind of wanted to be an animator. Um, I'm talking like, yeah, like from the age of nine, nine-ish, I always wanted to be an animator. I always wanted to work for manga. In fact, I did my first work experience. You know, when you're in high school, you do your work experience. I did that at manga in London when I was 15. And then I slowly changed. And I think my dad at the time kind of assumed I'd be a photographer or something. He kind of like did a lot of that. And... Um, it was too expensive, to put it bluntly, at that time for me. So, and I could always, and I think I was just like telling stories. So I would draw little cartoons and stuff like that. And I think I was just trying to tell, I couldn't really write. I hadn't really developed any sort of love for writing. I'd never really been brought up in a way of thinking that was a thing. So originally I wanted to be an animator and sort of a photographer. But overall, I think I just wanted to, I just wanted to have no responsibility. 
I studied graphic design at St. Martin's, but then I specialized in graphic design for the first part, graphic design and film. And then I switched from graphic design to illustration because it gave me more free time. I mean, St. Martin's is a different kind of college to most art colleges anyway. You kind of left a lot to your own devices. I don't know what it's like now, but at my time, that suited me really well. After graduating, Danny got off to a flying start, joining his first agency and exhibiting work across Europe, Asia and the US, alongside illustrating for brands including Nike, Sony and Louis Vuitton. Additionally, through his part-time job as a student, a chance encounter had resulted in having his own line of t-shirts in Japan. He describes how the opportunity came about and how having a separate world outside of university helped strengthen his work and prepare him for life beyond his degree. I was working in a trainer store in London at the time and someone saw my work that I used to put up in the store and then offered me a t-shirt label. I mean, I always had like a part-time job regardless of how bad I was at it. I'm kind of grateful to the people who still kept me employed. But I was the last one out of everyone, so I was doing the most work. But I was the last one out of all my friends to like not have a part-time job. Like it got to the point where I remember I came back from Japan and I'd done some show thing in Japan, and I was putting on an exhibition at the place I worked for this really kind of big artist at the time, like street art kind of scene. And then I used to help him put his shows. And so he, was, he just got back from Japan. He started telling me about his show. I was like, yeah, that was my show. And then kids would come in and be like, oh, oh what are you doing with this brand? I'm like, nothing. I work here. I'm folding shirts. If you go to college in London, and it works in other major cities, but I'll say London because I know it. The big thing is if you also work in the West End or in the right stores, because if you work in the right stores, it's basically like your college. Because what happens is all those sort of clothing stores or whatever, they're filled with the same people like you. And what you'll find is they're not all, say, illustrators. They're One of them might be in fashion. So then that means if you're an illustrator, you team up with that person in fashion, and then suddenly you start a brand. You know, like that's how it should work. You know, you, you can make up the time for, to learn the technique, right? I'm not saying don't learn the technique. I'm very much not saying that. I definitely think everyone should learn the techniques. Not enough people are. But you, you do that as well as maintain those friendships and build on those other people's skills. After maintaining a side job for so many years, it was one commission in particular that helped Danny make the jump into full-time creative work. A friend of mine was doing a job with a big agency and he was a director and they got me to design this logo, which no one would ever know that I designed this logo. If you saw it and it's a big logo that's everywhere and I got paid a little bit of money for it and that was kind of like my leap of faith money. I was like, well, you know what? I reckon I can make this stretch. And I just, yeah, I just was like, because, you know, I'd be stood on the shop floor just thinking, fuck, how am I going to do this if when I'm older? You know, I was only like early 20s, but I'm still like thinking like, well, I can't be 50 working on the shop floor doing what I'm doing because I'm terrible at this. So I just got a job in, took a little bit of cash and used that, I guess. And I already had a few things lined up. And I had a really good first few couple of years before, because it's all in cycles, right? So you always go through the drought periods. It's, that's inevitable. It always happens. You know, you have your really good period and everything's, you know, 
buying good food or whatever. <laughs> and then you learn quick, okay, yeah, let's not be crazy next time that good period comes in. I'm no, I don't think I can ever be confident with it. Every time I go through the you know, like the the quiet periods, I'm always like, is this it? Is this gonna be the end of it? Like I'm not gonna lie and be like, yo, yeah, I'm totally cool with it. Cause I have friends who say that. I also know that they're also shit scared when that happens. Because the thing is, like, I don't think I'll ever be comfortable with the cycles because of where I'm from and how I was raised. But I'm aware that that it's there and it'll always happen. That's the price you pay, right? If you don't go for the nine to five, that's your risk. It's either safety and a steady regular income, you know, and and a time where you're told, well, you can have this amount of time off. That's been the thing for me that I've never been able to handle. I refuse for someone to tell me when I can go away. All I've got is time. That's it, right? That's all you've got to give to anyone's time. And I'm not prepared for anyone to tell me how. As someone who's so committed to making work they really believe in, we asked Danny how he stays inspired, along with what challenges him most in his work. Read him, for sure. Reading's really big, actually. I think I get more inspired to, to come up with projects when I read something interesting. If you could say reading now, it could be a blog. I'm like, no, I mean, like a real old school book. I think fear as well. Fear is a big one. I get inspired when I'm scared that I, you know, that I'm either growing stale or growing old or, you know, fear. My biggest ongoing challenge is to fight this thought of I was selling myself out to many people I probably already have sold out. But like in my head, I'm, I don't like repeating the jokes. I don't like repeating the style too much. You know, I think that's why I'll shift mediums because to be a really successful illustrator or artist or anything like that, you kind of have to do something. And once something works, you do it to death. And they often say like, by the time you're bored of it, that's when people are starting to recognize it. Now, I've never really been comfortable with that. And I've got many friends that do things where they'll do one thing and they do it forever and they're very successful with it. But I've never really been comfortable with that because I always think people can see through it, but no one really gives a shit. I'm not going to get comfortable with it because it's just who I am. You know, I'm like the comic book store geek from back in the day where I just will always be that person. I'm always going to be that person who's not quite in the mainstream and stuff. Lastly, we asked Danny what advice he has for anyone wanting to follow a similar path, especially those wanting to maintain a strong sense of identity in their own work. My advice would be to anyone just starting out, it's just to be brave. And I know that sounds corny, but it like you've got to remember with what you're doing, you're putting out your personal work to the public. So it's going to hurt once in a while. I do like the phrase, sometimes you just got to cowboy it. You just got to ride it out. This episode of Creative Lives was brought to you by Lecture in Progress. It was presented by me, Indy Davis, and the guest was Danny Sangra. The editor was Ivor Manley. Lecture in Progress is made possible with the support of a number of brand partners. They include GF Smith, Google, Sky Creative Agency, Colophon Foundry, Heffler & Co, and the Paul Smith Foundation. For more information, check out lectureinprogress.com and you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter. Listener.